Welcome back to the Always Aggressive Podcast. I'm Corey, along with Tanner and uh, head coach Tony Ersland. Uh, th- this week we're going all in. Uh, en- enough time has passed to uh, maybe have some perspective that's a little bit different. Uh, some some wounds have healed. Some uh, some you know elation has has come back down. Let's let's jump into the uh, 2021 NCAA championships, Coach. Um, first of all. Eight guys went. All eight of them logged at least one win. Um, and, and, you know, more important than anything, I think, overarching is that we had a championships. We, we got to wrestle at the highest level and, uh, and pulled it off. Uh, first of all, congrats to everyone involved in, in making this event happen and uh, getting to that point in the season. Congratulations to you and, and everyone around your program and uh, – and all of that, but just sort of overarching, you know, big picture takeaways from, uh, from this championships. Yeah, no, I mean, I think the, the, the point you just brought up was, was a huge one that, that you should go back to and remember um, we got to wrestle, right. That's something that we've talked about on here before. And, and we should have all felt thankful that we had the opportunity, right. Um, you know, two years in a row with a lot of hard work and effort and all of the hoops that we've talked about, you know, over the past several months that we've jumped through would have been a shame. And, uh, and so just really excited that kids had the opportunity for the, for, you know, first and foremost, the second thing that amazed me is that, you know, I believe the NCAA, I don't know the exact number, uh, Anthony Holman alluded to it on our Big Ten business call, which was last week as we were wrapping up stuff. And they may have had 3,000 plus, give or take, tests. And I don't think we had a single positive COVID test the entire tournament. Wow. I was told that that's amazing because that's not been the case at some of their other championships. So to know that you had, you know, 330 wrestlers. The brackets weren't amended, right? Volleyball's this weekend, and we know they're at, at 48 and, yep. you know, things like that. So to have full brackets of 33 and, and not have a single coach, administrator, or anybody in your travel party or wrestler, for that matter, to have a positive was, was amazing. So we will we'll call that a win and be grateful and thankful. And then we can, as you said, maybe talk about this with a little more perspective than uh, than would have been the case a week or two ago for sure and you know the other thing to add is is that uh i thought that everybody did a pretty good job of being flexible at the championships mm-hmm. you know um we got there and we were told you know it, it was it was really easy to be upset about it kind of in the moment but at the same time like you had to think about the fact that like everybody went into this not knowing what to expect you know we, we weren't necessarily sure of like how this was all going to play out and so you know they, they moved testing from one room to another room. They went first, they were going to go, everybody show up when they want. Then they figured out time slots. Like they, they continued changing things and continued trying to improve the experience as we went. And, and all in all, I mean, like you said, no positive tests. We got to wrestle the championship. You know, it was, uh, you know, there were some really special moments from a variety of, you know, from a variety of standpoints. Yeah. Um, that, uh, you know, will will be remembered, you know, and they'll be remembered for being more than just like, you know, the COVID championships, which is, sure. you know, which is what I think a lot of us are trying to, we're trying to avoid with the mm-hmm. event, you know, we wanted it to be the real national championships and it was. Yeah, no, it was. I mean, there was some things, right. That you can always go back that you wish for long for because of, you know, what you, you know, the experience can be, but 
but again, the, the chance, you know, the, the idea that everybody had a chance to reach their goals, uh, especially knowing what you, you know, good Lord, when you tell kids you can't see your family when you're out of the tournament because you're trying to preserve the bubble and you don't want positive tests with contact tracing. I mean, that's, that's a lot of sacrifice. I know we had some people on the way home that were ready just to go see their families because they hadn't seen <clears throat> them in a very long time. And, and that's a big sacrifice. And that takes a big why, right? I mean, you, you got to really know why you're doing these things to, to sacrifice. And, and we had, our kids did. So, so no, um, lots of, uh, like I said, lots, lots of feeling thankful that it happened. So Corey alluded to this earlier, and I want to circle back to this and, and a couple other things um, before we, you know, dive into some of the individual stuff. Eight qualifiers at nationals, um, third year in a row, fourth time in seven years under uh, under Erzlin, um, which is uh, which is the, it matches the school record. It had only been done twice um, in program history before Tony got here. So to uh, you know, my question for you, Tony, is to start to establish that kind of consistency as far as getting guys to the national stage, what does that say about the program and the direction of the program? I mean, it shows progress, right? And, and we've got to take progress. It doesn't always happen as fast or as quickly as we would like. So, you know, in a year where, you know, we're going to talk again, right? The ultimate goal is national championships and all American honors, right? Those are the ultimate goals for anybody. And so when you fall a little short, honestly, there's reflection and about how we can improve and where do we need to be better. There's always that process that stings. Um, but again, it shows progress. Like there's standards now of, you know, for these, this team and these guys, and they understand it that, you know, we're going to take a, you know, a huge part of our team to nationals with the expectation to win and accomplish some things. And, and that's positive. Um, continuing to build on that, you know, that kind of foundation that you want your program to be about and the mentality uh, is big. And so that's, that's another piece showing that um, there is progress. Um, another kind of layer to that, uh, the fact that uh, of the eight guys that went, of course, said everybody won a match. Nobody went 0-2. Um, that's a feat that has, you know, I, I wasn't able to do the complete research on that. But I think it's only happened once or twice before when when everybody who goes, you know, especially when you're when you're when you're, you're taking that many guys. Yeah, I don't think ever before when we took eight, did everybody win a match? Um, you know, obviously, it's, it's you know, and I say this with the with the um, let me preface this like. None of this should be celebrated as being the thing. Sure. Right. These are just steps. These are these are just steps of progress towards what we're chasing. Yeah. I, I do think that's, I mean, I'm glad you, you know, uh, you brought that up because the coach and me, right. That's nobody should come back and be satisfied with our tournament, right. There's, I mean, there are expectations that a majority of our team is going to be there and that we're going to score, as you said, and that's what we're talking about now. All eight guys found a way to contribute to the team score. And that's a positive uh, in no way. Do we let ourselves off the hook? and say that we're satisfied or pat ourselves on the back, right? I mean, there's still a number of ways we can get better and improve, and that's that's going to be our, our job from here moving forward. Um, following up kind of on that point, uh, finished tied for 26th overall as a team. Yep. We scored 15 and a half team points. Um, that was uh, 
you know, third straight, there's the highest finish in your seven years, uh, third straight finish in the top 30, uh, most team points we've scored at national since 2012. So again, um, we're not where we want to go by any stretch sure. of the imagination, but we're still steadily building in that right direction. And, uh, you know, obviously you can say what you want to about 2020 and, and what would have happened in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but, um, but the climb continues, the trajectory continues to go up. You haven't had, you haven't had a dip. You haven't had a step backwards. Um, right. and again, you know, it's the same question, but it's a little different. Like, you know, what does this say about the guys? What does it say about the, the quality of kids we're bringing in the room as we continue to, as we continue to make that ascent? Well, I just think it shows that, that, um, you know, they deserve to be there and that they're knocking on the door in a pretty serious way. I would say that we, we got to knock a little harder to knock that, kick that door in, right? Like you got to kick it in. You, you always have to have those moments and progress keeps you going to the moments, right? You know what I mean? Um, so, I mean, I think that's the important thing. You're looking again for signs that are taking you to the moments that you want and that you, you need. And in every program, I don't care what sports you are, right? Like, Every sport, you're looking for those moments that signify, you know, where your program's at. And all these little things add up to, hey, progress, um, you know, and that we're, that we're close. And kids need to keep believing, right? It's, it's not thinking, you know, thinking is, you know, you know. you Dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially for some of us more than others, right? But belief, like knowing something will happen is, is a big deal. And, and so these things take kids to those moments, I think. Was it your high school football coach that told you don't think Herzlin, it hurts the program? Yeah, yeah. No, uh, shout out to my high school uh, linebacker coach, Leo McElrath. You know, inevitably, I, you know, maybe I made a mental error and, and I'd run over. He'd call me over and I'd say, but coach, I thought, and he always cut me off and he said, Ursuline, don't think it only hurts the program. So, you know, there you go. Take that for what you will. Coach McElrath, love him. You know, lo- loved playing for him. <laughs> I will carry that one with me to my grave. So, yeah. I think a lot more than I think. I think more people will too. I- I'm surprised your wife hasn't said that to you once or twice. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you're. Hey, that's probably bad that we brought this up and aired this out in public because I probably got one coming my way. You know. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, I- I'd apologize for that, but I'm not sorry. That's so. awesome. <laughs> um. Yeah. Let's dive into some of the specific performances um, at nationals. Uh, you know, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't start with, uh, you know, Devin Schroeder and, and uh, Thomas Panola. Both guys made it to the round of 12 uh, this close to, yeah. uh, to the podium. Um, but both guys, you know, both guys had some great wins. Um, they, they uh, you know, they, they, they got to the threshold, which is what you got to do, right? You you got to yeah. get there. You got to get to that point before you can't skip any steps. Yeah, and put himself so, in um, position. You know, uh, Devin comes out, wins his first two matches, gets a great win over Rayvon Foley. Um, you know, avenges a, a loss from earlier in the year. Um, yeah. You know, he was he he was doing he was doing some good things at nationals. Yeah, you know, and here's the thing: it's easy again. Like you get caught up in the emotion of this you can see the results and then you can say to yourself, well, 
yeah, he didn't wrestle very well. And, and I don't feel that way. I thought, I thought he wrestled well. I did, you know, um, it, it's interesting, right? We wrestled three big 10 guys that we can go through three mm-hmm. all knew them. And that makes the rope a little tougher sometimes because they know what you're about. We would have loved to have seen some guys non-conference that we hadn't wrestled a couple times during the year. Right. So, but you can only wrestle who's in front of you. And I thought he was as scrappy and as tough as he'd been all year. As you mentioned, he flipped the Foley match around um, and, and looked good doing it. Wrestled a great quarterfinal uh, against Spencer. You know what I mean? And, yep. you know, what I would say, and I've told Devin this, so this is not something that he and I haven't spoke about, so I'm comfortable with it, is he was wrestling well. It come down to, like, uh, some decisions that he made. You know what I mean? And, listen, hindsight is always twenty twenty, and I acknowledge that. But when we look back, or at least when I think about his tournament, it comes down to a decision or two, as it usually does. And, you know, we're looking at 3-2. We took down Spencer, finished on top. It's 3-2. Spencer Lee goes down. You know, his best position is top. So if we get reversed, we're in a tough position now being underneath, you know, late in the match. And and we did. We, We were trying to throw a leg, which he's not really a legger, and we were reversed and finished the match underneath. So that's when you want back where maybe we just kick him loose, right? We don't follow with our hips and try to stay on top as much. Just kick him and work to get the next score, you know, really kind of insert ourselves into the match and get him thinking maybe differently. You know, he was too comfortable being on top, his best position late. So it's a, it's a decision, right? It's just a decision that he made to follow and try to throw the leg. And that's kind of how I look at his tournament. He was wrestling well. It just, you know, a, a bad decision at the wrong time and, when you're talking about five, six matches over the course of three days, that's usually what it comes down to. And, you know, I know that he's going to learn from that. You know, he's going to be a better, better student of the sport. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, I think he'll learn from it. So I'm, I'm excited for him. The bummer and, and a reoccurring theme is if you look at some guys who are on the podium, there's a lot of guys we beat this year on that podium. So I, I know our guys are like, yeah, I should be there. And that is great. Um, now you gotta, you gotta, you gotta put yourself there. You know, I mean, good Lord. He had two wins over the national finalists the year before, you know, the Courtney boy from Arizona state, both bonus point wins. Yeah. 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 You know, so, you know, it's, that's okay. Like I said, this year is, it's what it was, you know what I mean? And, and, um, you know, we'll start looking to the future and we'll make adjustments off of, off of the tournament that he had, but by no means that I think he wrestled poorly. I thought he was wrestling well, Mm -hmm. and it's just a couple decisions you know, in, in those, in those tough matches that impact, you know, the direction the match goes. Um, you know, you alluded to this with Devin and, and we'll see kind of a theme of this. Um, with only wrestling a big 10 schedule this year, and then you go to nationals. And like you said, Devin, you know, fortunately drew a non-conference guy in the first round, but then had to go big 10, big 10, big 10. Yep. Um, you know, how hard does that make it? I mean, you're, you're, you talk about you, you're going all the way to the national championships to wrestle guys you wrestled all season yeah. long. Right. Right. Like, what? It, yeah. I mean, yes, it's unfortunate. You, you call it bad luck. You, you call it whatever you want. Um, yeah, not, not you, luck. I don't believe in that, right? Like, uh, we believe in preparation. And so, you know, um, you, you never know. You never know what the road's going to be. You just got to prepare yourself for the road. And that's why now is important. Uh, that's why, you know, Devin's got to show up next year, you know, better than he was this year. Because, 
you, you might see the same set of guys and they all know what he wants to do on top. You know what I mean? But if he's got another skill set, he's added another takedown. He's, you know, he's added another escape or he's added to his skill sets. That's what, why now is hugely important. The kids who show up kind of the same, you know, are going to be in trouble. Those guys that have advanced will be in better positions. So I think that's why he's got to be better. You know, you, you may go and see all big 10 guys, right. But that's yeah. your, and you can't, you can't complain. Like even now we can't, like I said, it would be easy if you just say, well, geez, he had three guys that he knew and it was COVID year and you, you go on and you don't try to be better. You can't do that. He can't do that. That doesn't help him or the team. So, you know, it's about, okay, maybe I made a bad decision here. Next time I'll just kick him, you know, or my hand fighting in this moment was not good, right? Like we, I think we talked about with Spencer Lee, if you give him control on your right arm inside on the right arm, the dumps and the carries come and, you know, he was doing a better job of that. So again, he's got to, he's got to make some advances and, you know, how he approaches a match or the situations he, he, he chooses to wrestle from, you know, and then, and you go on. Corey, you look like you had something to add there. Yeah, I did. It adds context beyond, uh, beyond just Devin here. Um, so eight guys, the, the way the tournament goes out to two, two losses to each guy, half of our losses at NCAAs came to other big 10 kids. Eight of our 16 losses were to were to other Big Ten guys. And, it, it, you know, I know the, the conference makes up the largest portion of the field of all the conferences because of the most. A third of it, roughly. So you're you're going to get that to a degree. But, yeah, it's just it's just a it's kind of a draw thing. You know, we had a couple guys who didn't see a Big Ten opponent, but most yeah. saw at least one. Uh, several saw at least two. Devin saw three, you know, it's just, it, it stinks, like you say, but I guess maybe it's unavoidable. It's not going to change. Yeah. I was gonna say, you know, um, you know, the only thing that's a shame is that, uh, you know, we, uh, we eat ourselves up, right? Like we knock ourselves out. Right. Even better. I mean, clearly we dominate in terms of all Americans and those things. And, and I love being in the big 10. I do. I, mm-hmm. I love, uh, it has our guys ready. Um, but again, it comes down to, for me, making adjustments, right? That's, that's, I guess that's what I'm talking about. Devin, you know, make an adjustment in your thinking, kick him loose instead of getting reversed. Okay. Um, you know, or, you know, one, I've had another conversation, I'm going to jump on you. So I apologize, but Max Lyon, um, uh, two weeks before wrestled Owen Webster for Minnesota, um, for seventh place match. And then his very next match is Owen Webster first round at nationals. And there we are late in a match. It's one, one, those guys have wrestled each other a ton, right? They, they know each other. Well, mm-hmm. so Max got a little frustrated in the, in the seventh place match at big tens. He took him down early and rode him hard. You know what I mean? And now late it's one, one and Max gets a little anxious. You can see he got a little frustrated. And, and so he kind of pulled the, the trigger on a shot that probably wasn't really there trying to make something happen. And that's, you know, guys who have been around me, you're, you're chasing into quicksand. You know what I mean? That's a Mark Manning from being at Nebraska. You know, you can shoot underneath the guy and you're chasing into quicksand and put yourself in trouble. And, and he did. Webster was kind of waiting on that, knowing Max well that it's a knee pull, right? So um, though that's where I really see – you know, us kind of maybe, you know, working on, you know, how we thinking through a match a little bit, 
Now, it wasn't like I said, it's not that you wrestled poorly. Hey, but how, what are you thinking in that moment emotionally? Were you charged up? Did you get anxious? You know, were you down on yourself? Were you pushing too hard and you, and you made a silly mistake that you shouldn't? You know, so just just learning from those things. You know, our guys are right there. And But to your point, man, next year you're going to have to have a Big Ten kid again. It's going to happen, right? That's yes. The, so, you know. Either get better and figure stuff out, or uh, you know, worry about something that's not going to help you. Yeah, and, and to to stay to stay with the theme, then Max in the third round of Consos gets Rocky Jordan, who we just saw yep. at Big Tens yep. again. Um, yep. Now yep. adjustments, and those guys went back and forth all year. They did. Yep. Yep. You know. Now this this coin has two sides because Rocky Jordan had to face Max Lyon again too, and yep. Owen Webster had to face Max Lyon again too. And, yep. you know, Max knows them just as well as they know him. So you're right. It's just, you know, it's finding the, the little yep. the tiny things that make a difference when it matters most. Yeah. Yeah. Making those small adjustments. So uh, jumping back to the other, you know, let's we can we can flip this kind of in the other direction. Uh, our other round of drop 12 guy, Thomas Panola, uh, was one of the few guys to not see another Big Ten opponent mm -hmm. at nationals now part of that had to do with the fact that was there only six or seven was there seven big 10 guys at one seven, i believe that yeah. sounds right so there was less of a chance there but um you know he manages to go out uh as the 19 seed upsets the 14 uh loses to the backside picks up back-to-back -back wins um yep. and uh you know and then ran into a a top guy in, in Wyoming, Stephen Buchanan to bow out of the tournament. But, um, you know, Max, or I mean, excuse me, Tom, Thomas, uh, you know, he, he won some solid matches against some really good kids on the national stage. Yeah. I mean, Thomas is one of those guys who's always going to be a tough out. I mean, you guys understand that the competitor that he is, the grinder that he is, you know? And so, uh, I guess we weren't surprised. Um, you know, his, his job will be to find a scoring holder too. Uh, you know, right now, if you've wrestled him, right. We talked about adjustments that are made and, you know, he's a, he, you know, he's a guy that had used his underhook and his shape, his physicality all year. And so he's got to find another, a different scoring holder too. And I know he's already working on it. So, but no, Tom, Tom did well, competed hard his first tournament. I think he came out, you know, very positive and de determined, you know, about what his future is going to be you know, for the next three years. I mean, just remember, he's only a sophomore next year. Right. So, you know, as, as many guys, you know, get that year back. So, no, I, his challenge will just be, hey, I got to find a few more different ways to score. You know, right now he's he found that underhook series that he loves. And, you know, people who watch him a couple times, you know, now they're, they're going to prepare for that. So we've got to have something else again next year, a few other ways to score. How easy is it, and, I, and I'm very guilty of this, how easy is it to forget? that this was Thomas's and several other guys first national championship. Yeah. You know, that part got lost on me a little bit. It might've been you Tanner who brought it up. I, and I, and it really did. It surprised me because maybe it seems like a COVID year is worth like dog years, like seven. I, <laughs> because going into the tournament yeah. here, I'm thinking, yeah, man, we're bringing all these national qualifiers back yeah. in reality. No tournament was canceled. So what was it? It was only, uh, was it Griffin and, and, uh, Devin, Devin that had, Oh, and Max, Max, Three, Max. Yeah. Griffin, Devin and Max Griffin. were our only 
We're the Devin only three of our eight guys that had any national tournament experience. Right. You forget that, uh, you know, Kendall and those guys, Parker, mm-hmm. qualified last year. They simply didn't get a chance to go compete. <clears throat> and I do think that's a big deal in terms of, you know, for us to have, you know, seven guys all that have won and been there will really help them next year. Yeah. Um, speaking of some of the other guys that made it, you know, we talked about Max a little bit. Um, love to turn the attention to the two, uh, the two freshmen. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is the first time that I can find on record where two true freshmen. Oh, I take that back. No, second time. Two true freshmen qualified for the national championships for the first time since 1947. Um, now, part of that wow. is, I think it's, Part of that, I think, is a reflection of the sport. You don't see a lot of true freshmen, especially anymore, right? You yep. don't see a lot of true freshmen on the mat anymore. A lot of kids take that red shirt. They got to figure out how to get off bottom. Um, so this was a kind of a situation with the COVID year and everything. And, and, you know, with some injuries and some other things that happened in our lineup, you know, we wound up sending Jake Rundell and Garrett Nyenhouse out there and they, and they both got to nationals. And so, um, you know, obviously a really great experience for both of them. Yeah, no, I mean, as you just said, you know, most, uh, you know, you don't have the opportunity to have a couple of true freshmen in your lineup most times Mm -hmm. because, you know, it just doesn't happen, especially in the league, but with a a free year, right. Getting the year back again, it was easier to, to put those guys in there. And I thought they both did a great job. They both are, are good competitors. They both are at their best in the matches, you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. You know, we're going to work on, you know, some practice habits and some things like that, that I think can really help them, you know, um, jump, jump levels, but they both love to compete and they're at their best when they, they compete. And that's, that's awesome. That's why you saw them both in the top five and six at big tens. Um, you know, Jake, um, you know, again, you know, he's a little bit, he's kind of, it's funny. He's a, he's a little bit like Panola in that he goes hard, he's got to find a few different ways to score. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He can find a little more ways to make that hard wrestling turn into points. Uh, Then I think, you know, he's, he's going to be a handful for people. You know what I mean? Um, I I appreciate the effort. I know he's going to compete well. And he was right there with some really good kids, you know? So for him, scoring hold, getting a scoring hold uh, here or there is going to be key for him. But that experience that we just talked about, to have all of these guys back that have won and know they can compete at a high level and expect that from themselves is really good. Um, I'd say Garrett's a little different. Garrett uh, has a lot of different ways he can score. And I and I thought he, you know, he did his best wrestling at the end. I thought he, he came a good bit. If you watched his Navy match against mm-hmm. – he was a good, solid kid. And he had three takedowns, I think, in the first period. You know, yep. I couldn't think of another match where he had continuously kept scoring. You know what I mean? Um, for him, usually it was in spurts. But for him to really kind of, um, you know, put some things together, I, I was impressed uh, by him where he was at the end of the year. And, and again, he was short. You know, uh, he, he had heartbreak. Um, we talked about the West Virginia match, and we hit the left-handed high crotch at the very end of – of regulation and, and maybe we, we could have thrown a brick. I mean, I've had officials look at it, you know, and tell me their thoughts on it. Cause I really question myself, but, but, you know, he, he, he really has shown some things. Um, and I think the stat you gave me on him is he had nine reversals and 18 matches. So yep. talk about young guys in bottom, 
he did well from bottom. I don't remember many guys riding out, uh, any of our young guys, and even Jake for that matter. You know, mm-hmm. I, that was probably part of their success is they were tough to hold down. Um, and, um, you know, you look at nine reversals, you know, in half your matches, you're, you're putting yourself on top and, and, uh, and Garrett has some top stuff. So, no, I, I really look forward to these guys. You know, um, I'm hopeful that this will kind of make them even more determined and kind of stoke that fire to, to push even harder to reach their goals. So I've asked you this question before, and, and I always think, you know, it's worth asking and it's worth keeping stock of, um, you know, I mentioned some of the things that we accomplished, right? You know, we, you know, the eight guys, to nationals, the most points in your seven years, the highest placing in your seven years. Um, but obviously, you know, nobody on the podium, you know, yeah. how difficult is it as a head coach to keep track of the benchmarks that you're climbing on the journey and being happy with progress while not being satisfied or, or, you know, you know, letting yourself enjoy some of those small victories kind of on the journey. Cause I know yeah. you talk, I know you talk to the guys a lot about the journey and you talk to them a lot about the fact that you don't focus on the wins and losses. You focus on the process. And so how do you as a coach apply that to yourself? Well, I think it's hard, right? Like you can wrap yourself up, right? I mean, um, you, uh, it's really easy to attach yourself emotionally to the result as much as we talk, right? Like we all talk about these things as coaches, you talk about things, but like I said, I can't deny that the ultimate in our sport, at least at the collegiate level is a national championship or all American honors. Right. I mean, whether it's the Olympic dream, right. We just had the Olympic trials, but there's, there's ultimates in our sports. And so the thing is, is uh, you can get yourself emotionally tied to a result pretty easy, right? And that keeps you from maybe having a, a, a clear evaluation of what needs to be done. And that's something I got I to gotta probably, you know, do often. And, but it's, it's more for the guys. I mean, I've said a lot, when you see how much these guys put into this, you know, it's, your heart breaks for them, right? Because they're so close. I mean, you look at a guy like Devin after his quarterfinal with Spencer Lee, where you know in his eyes, you can see he thought he had him, you know, and it slipped away. You know, that, that's hard. That's hard. So you feel it for the guys, right? And you get emotionally tied to that, you know, to that result. So that's the hard thing. You know, that's those are the the heartbreakers, right? But um, the the sun came up, you know what I mean? And here we are and we're – figuring out how to get better. And, um, and that's our job and that's our job to get better. And, you know, last week Devin was on, so I'm super pumped that Devin and Max are back to, to, to give it another shot, right. Throw their hat in the ring again and, and uh, we'll do everything we can. So it, it is, it's really hard. I guess to, to put a, a cleaner answer on the end of this is it, it's very hard to not attach emotion to a final result but it's more because of the kids than anything, right? Like you want it for the kids. You know what I mean? You, you want it for the yep. kids. Uh, I'm, I'm very hopeful and positive that anybody who takes the time to get to know our program will see what we're doing, right? There's, there's, there's a lot of great things going on and we'll understand and see that and, it, and it's going to be appealing. So the, the moment's coming. I know the moment's coming, the, the kick in the door down in a certain way to have the moment. 
is coming, but man, you want it for the kids. And so trying not to attach yourself emotionally to that is, is the, is the tough part. For sure. Um, you know, kind of a follow-up question to this, and this is definitely, this is a reminder that we're going to throw a precursor on this one. And Corey, you can, you can join in on this precursor because you fit the bill a little bit too. Okay. Um, not a wrestler. Didn't wrestle. See the ears. There's no cauliflower here. <laughs> um, is there too much stock placed on all America? And I asked that in the sense that, you know, we talked after this, we talked after the tournament and we looked at the path that some of the guys fit, you know, some of the, some wrestlers from other schools, we looked at some of the paths from some of these guys and due to upsets and due to, you know, some injuries and some stuff like that, some, you know, pardon the expression, but some, some guys kind of slipped, tripped and fell into all America. You know, they, they, they get themselves on the podium and, the, and they, you know, the top seed they had to face was maybe like the 16 seed, you know, so they didn't even have to wrestle a top 10 guy in order to get all America. And so that, you know, I think you understand the question here is like, when there's so many different twists of fate that can lead to you getting there, mm-hmm. is there too much emphasis placed on it? Well, listen, I don't think you can make it a zero sum game. You know what I mean? Like, and that's fair, right? Like that's, and I'll use another coaching, you know, phrase. That's a, that's, it's a fixed mindset, right? Like then there's no value in the journey because you're only fixed on, you, you judge success on one thing, right? Right. One or I didn't. And that's either success Mm -hmm. or not, you know, there's no growth there. And I'm hopeful that if there's any one thing, that you learn if while your time is in this sport that you've grown as a person, as a competitor, as a worker, you know I mean? Whatever it is, right? Like there's so many examples of what this should teach you, what this sport is about. And, and so, so no, I, you know, I do think it's worth it, right? This isn't something I would have devoted my life to if I didn't see value in it, but I yeah. do think it's dangerous if you only judge yourself on you know, at nationals for those three days, did I get eighth place or up? You know what I mean? Because, yeah, 100%. And, and I would never, you know, uh, I would never bring, knock anybody down. You put yourself in position. So no matter how it happened, maybe there was an injury default and you were the, you know, you caught the default and you moved into the top eight. Great. You put yourself there. The timing was right. You know what I mean? If you wouldn't have been there, you couldn't have taken advantage of it. So I don't think it's worth, you know, those things are not, there's no value in that, right? There's only value in how you can be better and how do you move forward from this and how you choose to do that. Some people will choose to be bitter or angry, you know what I mean? Um, you know, and, and waste time on that emotionally. And I just don't find value in that. You know, there's, you know, life's too damn short. And we just went through a year of COVID to be, you know, unhappy. So uh, got a harsh reminder, didn't we? Yeah. Right, right. So we'll figure out how to be better and, and we won't waste time on things that 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 probably won't help us. I would be remiss, you know, you threw the injury default thing out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Kendall Coleman. Um, you know, really unfortunate to see his season and the way it did. Um, you know, suffered a suffered a knee injury um in his second round match against Jared Frannick from North Dakota State. Um, had a three-two lead late in the match and got his knee. It looked, and you know, the funny thing was, Tony, you can kind of echo this. I feel like we've seen him be in that position a hundred times. Yeah. You know, he, he, you know, 
guy gets on his leg and he kind of, you know, twists the way he twists and everything was fine. Um, yeah. well, and, and this time it, it wasn't fine. This time it went the so, wrong way. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, so really, really unfortunate. Um, you know, good news is, is he's on the mend and, and, and he'll be back. Yeah, no, and, and that's right. Those are the ones you hate to really see because, you know, he is. He's up three, two late and, you know, move your feet and, and finish the finish the match off. And he's on to the quarterfinals as well. Um, but, you know, the guy the guy caught him and I think he'd actually stalemated the guy out from a similar position on the on the low angle early in the match. I think the guy had hit the left leg once before and he got a stalemate out of it. And this time he just he kind of cracked him over his knee and. And that was it. So, you know, again, you, you know, you, you need to learn lessons, right? Um, you know, you, you give a guy something to work with, he might decide to tear it off and give it back to you. So you don't, you don't ever give, you don't ever give a guy anything, you know? So. Um, I was kind of like you talking about Lewis the other day when we were talking about how Lewis, Lewis knows, Lewis knows the moves that hurt. <laughs> yeah. My man, Lewis, you gotta be careful with him. You give him something and he, he, he might really mess you up. So, um, no, you're, you're not kidding. The, you know, some guys are just really dangerous. But, but no, you, you hate to see that happen to Kendall. Uh, again, lucky. Kendall's got three more years. He'll be a sophomore next year. He's experienced the tournament, um, and especially the way things went for him. I think his motivation is going to be pretty high to get back and, and uh, you, know, you know, make a point. So, for sure. One sort um, of uh, overarching theme that we saw, and and I know that this had to had a lot to do with the the short season, the Big Ten schedule only, and and we talked about it going in, and it, there's nothing we can do about it. But the importance of seeding was just it seemed massive in this in this this time around, or maybe it was it, it's always huge, but this time it's just brighter. You know, if you're in an eight nine like Kendall, like Devin you're really, it's a tougher road. It's a, it's a tough it's, spot to wrestle. From. It's a tough, tough place to battle out of you. You're eventually going to have to beat everybody, you know, at some point, but you know, to get the yep. the undefeated one defending national champion in the quarterfinals is, you know, less desirable than getting them in the finals. Uh, how much emphasis you know, or, or will you put any emphasis on that at all that, you know, Hey guys, it's November. Your resume building starts now. You don't want to put yourself in a in a tough spot come March. Yeah, I mean, listen, you never know what's going to happen for those three days, as evidenced by if you just simply dive into the brackets and see where some guys got hurt or upsets took place. You never know, <clears throat> but I do think it's uh, important for the guys to understand that every time you compete, it's important, right? Now that it's, you know, it, it can only help you as you build your resume going to nationals right now. Certainly you, you don't want to, like I said, seating is somebody's opinion and, and they're every so year subjective put together a hell of a resume and they get slighted. So, you know, to say, you know, it's, it's really big, it's out of your control. And so again, wasting time emotionally on it um, is not worthwhile, but but understanding that the the resume you put together uh, throughout the year, um, you know, can pay off for you at the end. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, I, I I hate forget. You know, as coaches, that's something we maybe look at a little more. Honestly, the guys as competitors should never worry about it. Just go compete. Think about the Olympics, 
you know, as much as we sometimes, um, as we sometimes think about seeding, right? Um, think about now, uh, Kyle Dake has not been at 74 kilo, so I don't think he has seeding criteria. So you've got a, a couple time world champ going to be going to the Olympics, and he he's just going to be drawn in. You know what I mean? And maybe that case somebody said that's the case with David Taylor because he hasn't wrestled in a long time because of his knee injury. Yep. David Taylor isn't going to hold uh, top four seed. Now Miles Martin does. Right. There's a United States guy who does. I thought they said, and David Taylor's not. So he's going to be drawn in. So wasting energy on that. Right. The best competitors don't. I think the best competitors understand that every time you take the mat, it's important that you compete hard and compete well. Right. But but man, you know, it's not going to determine your tournament. You're, you're going to determine your tournament. For sure. Um, no, I, I I've spent, you know obviously with my position and where, you know, what I do, um, I spent a lot of time with the seeds and I spent a lot of time looking at it. Um, you know, hats off to Jason Bryant. Uh, he does that tournament guide. And, and if you ever get time, you know, for our listeners and for you guys on the, you know, you guys, if you ever get time to sit down and look through it and look at the breakdowns of like, you know, how many all Americans come out of this seed and how many come out of this seed and how like the layers and the the depth of that conversation and how that all that all works is uh, is incredibly fascinating and um, you know the work that he and some others have put into that to to compile all that data and knowledge is uh, is pretty incredible. So um, you know it's a that's a conversation that you could spend a lot of podcasts on, in my opinion, <laughs> yeah. as far as uh, you know whether or not it matters and how much it matters and so on and so forth. It's pretty, uh, there, there, there's a lot of stuff there. Yeah. He's a man who, who dives into the sport for sure. He does a good job peeling back the layers. No doubt. He sure does. I feel like we, we've put a good bow on the uh, 2021 championships. I know, I know we're up against the clock here. Um, I, I want to go our last topic. I teased you guys before we started here. I want to go. Yeah, we don't know what's that, coming here. I, I, I'm, I'm curious. Something that definitely does not matter. Okay. <laughs> um, we know that first starts. So Netflix just announced they're doing a movie on the Saints Bounty Gate. Mm. Right? I, I, I don't know. It could be fascinating. It could be a stinker. Who knows? It's Netflix. Um, they cast in the role of Sean Payton. I know. <laughs> Kevin James, the King of Queens. Now, 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 social media is going crazy because they think that's a pretty bad beat for Sean Payton. Um, Kevin James, God love him. Anyway, uh, yeah. so if if Tony, we're casting a movie on the Purdue wrestling program for Netflix because they agree oh, just about Lord. everything. Who's playing you? Oh Lord! I hey, who's playing Tanner? Maybe it should ask Tanner who's playing you, and you who's playing Tanner. Yeah, you should probably ask Christian Bruner. Honestly, <laughs> really good. Bruner does a great job making fun of me. He sure does. We're gonna have to nice and tight. <laughs> All right. Oh, that was a lot of sex. More than three words. All right. I'm gonna compete hard today. All right. Up and jogging. <laughs> Wookie face! Fatal <laughs> 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 Relax! 
at making fun of me so i would ask that question to bruner and you would probably get something really a quality answer maybe we'll just cast him cast maybe bruner as ursland i i'm trying bring to bring bruner on next week and ask him that question he'll okay. have baby powder on his face and he'll talk he'll talk silly and say some really you know ridiculous uh <laughs> phrases i'm trying to think of an actor who's gray enough to play ursland mm. Mm. I mean, I know you can dye hair and everything like yeah. that, but no, no clue. But I did see the picture of what you're talking about, though. They put Kevin James and Sean Payton up together on the Twitter, you know, somewhere. And I actually didn't think the resemblance from the neck up was too bad. Not now, too bad. Okay. After that, it, it's probably a little different. Interesting. <laughs> I yeah. tell you guys, yeah. I uh, I met Sean Payton once. No. Yeah, we were uh, so usually the big 10 women's basketball tournament and the NFL combine happen concurrently in Indy. And we often stay in the same hotel as the combine. <laughs> and so, uh, so we, we would see a lot of people around and whatnot. And uh, we were out to dinner one of the nights before, and we actually, uh, we got a team photo with Peyton and, uh, and Chuck Pagano ended up coming in and like talking to the team and giving them like a pep talk the night before. Wow. The tournament, so it was, cool. a, it was a star-studded. It was yeah, a star-studded. You guys, yeah. At uh, I forget which restaurant it was downtown. It was one of the, you know, one of the one of the nice restaurants. But yeah, um, yeah it was it was crazy. Um, saw John Elway that weekend too. Yeah, it was it was nuts. There was there's there were some wild times, but um, I do not know who would ever play me. I, I feel sorry for them. I don't I don't I don't wish that on anyone. Yeah. <laughs> If they're gonna get somebody to play me, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Denzel Washington. Get it's a good call. The best. Period. That's I it. Follow him on Twitter. He He's a good he follow. Could a, he could have Denzel's like a great scenes. follow on Twitter. Yeah, Denzel's yes, a great follow on Twitter. Absolutely. He had a really good one the other day. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I remember I, I I've seen it two or three times and and, and read it and kind of you know. Yep. Deep. He's a thinker. He is. He is. He's a thinker. Love him. All right, we'll get Bruner on to uh, to to do all these casting what ifs for us, and uh, we'll we'll worry about that next week, guys. Appreciate the appreciate the time. It's been great, and uh, everyone else will we'll see you down the road. Boiler up.